how to get away with murder. The internet shares their disappointment about the Kyle Rittenhouse acquittal. Should we feel a public sadness? What impact does the killing of white protesters have on allyship? And on a much needed lighter note, fun nerdship. And a game-changing moment in black hair. It's tea with Pete and Jay. Drink up. What's up? Nothing. What's up? What's up with you? Nothing. Nothing. That doesn't sound like a nothing. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing. I had a, a busy-ish day, mm-hmm. but nothing really. Nothing really. I went to um. Do you watch Stranger Things? Yeah, you went to that store or house or whatever. Yeah, I went to the Stranger Things pop up. Yeah, oh, did you okay. see it? Were you gonna go? Had you heard yeah, of it? I've seen it, and I'm like, oh, that's uh-huh. a thing. And if I didn't go inside, yeah, I went in there. I went there. And it it looked very cool from the outside. And then when I went in, I was like, that's ridiculous. You should have went in and you should have been in the upside down. Like, duh. Exactly. <laughs> there was a section that was upside down. It was like, it was cool. But the point of it was to sell you stuff. The point of it was to sell you stuff. And like, they didn't have enough sizes. And like, it was, it was, uh, you know, nothing looked empty. They were in abundance of smalls and mediums, of oh, course. Okay. But yeah, it was that kind of vibe. And then I did think that it could have been cooler. That's all I'm saying. Could have been cooler. Yeah, no fat people existed in the 80s. <laughs> that that part. <laughs> That's what Not on TV. Okay. No fat people on TV unless they were being kicked in the butt or their underwear was being pulled over their head. Or, or wedgie was happening. They were being yeah. Yeah, knocked down the stairs or some shit like that. But yeah, so they didn't have any sizes for me in the things that I wanted. And for all of that, could have been cooler. Could have been cooler. But there were some cute like Instagrammable Moments. things. Yeah. Yeah, but it still could have been cooler. I'm I played on. Um, had a little. Miss out on anything? Yeah, you didn't miss out. You didn't miss out. It was a cute thing to like walk through. Cute thing to walk through. I played some Miss Pac-Man. That's always a good time. Mm-hmm. I will wax any of you in that. And yeah, that was that. So that sounds cute. Yeah, I I didn't have an eventful um day like you. I didn't see strange things. <laughs> I was just in the house all day. I was just sitting here scratching my ass all day. Okay, well, yeah, you didn't you didn't miss anything. You didn't didn't miss anything. Gotcha, gotcha. Welcome, Welcome to, to Tea with, with Queen and Jay. Jay. We, we are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, tea dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism one episode at a time. time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And, and this, this is Tea with, with Queen and Jay. If you'd like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast, podcast. you can use our hashtag, hashtag Tea with QJ. We also like when you use the hashtag pod in. I, I saw y'all. I saw some of y'all. This week using Podden. It was cute. Mm. Um, yes. You can also tweet us on Twitter. Our handle is at T with QJ. And we love to hear from you. We want to hear from you. You can send us T mail at T with Queen and J at gmail.com. That's right. Let us know you are listening. Every week we pour libations for the people, places, and things giving us black as a black joy. Queen, who are you pouring or what? Are you pouring libations for this week? Yeah, so in lieu of me sitting in the house all day today scratching my ass, <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to give libation to pay time off, also known as yes. PTO. I have lots of it and plan to use all of it. I am a person who always use all of my PTO anyway. Always been mm-hmm. like that when I had jobs where I got paid time off. So, you know, that's going to happen. I'm going to use that time. But I'm using every little bit of it. I'm actually taking a week, the whole week off for whatever 
turkey day that's happening this week and it's just nice to not have to like that's the only job where there's time requirements that i have and it's nice Mm -hmm. to not have those right now so yeah Shout out to PTO. I know the European listeners are like, why is she shouting now that? PTO, if you need holiday, you just take holiday. (laughs) 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 If you need to rest, you take rest. If you need to go to the doctor, you go to the doctor. It's paid for. What is happening here? Yeah, they be wanting y'all to live over there. They care if y'all live or die. Or rest. Well, yeah, right? The fuck? Yeah, so if you have the privilege to have PTO, pay time off, use that shit. Use it like it's yours. Mm -hmm. Like it's money sitting there for you to use for those things. So use that shit. And if you are working somewhere where there isn't paid time off, if you can afford to take a non-paid day off, do that shit. Mm -hmm. You deserve that shit Mm -hmm. too. It would be way more better if you were able to be funded on that day, but maybe you have enough, you know, for the two weeks or whatever to, uh, you know, not get paid, hopefully, maybe. Mm -hmm. But use that time too. Like, Take that time Rest is valuable. It's, it's really important. It's valuable. And like, yeah, it's important for you to kind of like step away from shit and come back. Yeah, because that's always helpful for me too when I'm like not at work for like a week and I come back and I'm like, oh, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Where it's not like, uh. Right, oh, right. Yeah. And it gives you a, a second to reflect on like what you've been Word. doing there, how you feel about what yep. you've been doing there. What are some things yep. you could do differently? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that ass, that ass. So use that PTO if you got it. Use that non-paid day off if you can. Use it. It's I, I feel amazing. That's right. You deserve. I feel amazing. What are you pulling libations for this week? I I had a week full of... She already went to Strangest Things house. I did else, go to Strangest Things What else? Fun house. and amazing things. I had... I did. I had like a week of nerd type things. I went to Anime oh. NYC, which if you know me, you know I was definitely there on accident because I'm not a big anime person i was there for some reason someone happened to i didn't have... even know anime people got together oh um, they gathered <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense that they gather they i don't know why gather. Just they gather they wear the straight wigs they wear the contact oh. lenses they gather mm-hmm. and they do the anime stuff okay <laughs> whenever you find yourself in somebody else's nerddom it's yeah. like yo what is going on here what are y'all doing you know what i'm saying i'm like i'm the living when i'm in my bag i'm the living embodiment of storm but i go to an anime fest i'm like what are these weirdos doing (laughs) (laughs) i literally cosplay storm as an everyday practice okay as a part of my mental health ritual and I for real showed up there yeah, like... You were real. You really used to just put mad glitter on your face. Weird. I'm a weirdo, right? But I, I stepped into that anime NYC. I was like, yo, what are these freaks up to? What's going on in here? I remember dad being like, wait, is, that's not blush. That's... I'm wearing glitter today. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but honestly, um, yeah, so I'm not a big anime person, but I did have a really good time. I do like being in spaces. So anyone who doesn't know anime NYC is like a anime con it's like a a comic con for anime heads and i had a great time it's really good to see people who are into a particular fandom really be there to enjoy being in the space together nerding out over the shit that they like and that kind of just excited nerd 
happy to be together, happy to be here energy. That's the type of shit that mm-hmm. I'm on. So like that kind of good vibes, nerd energy, I like a lot. And that that I felt the presence of that. It's a lot of black folks there. I was trying to gauge whether I felt like it was more black folks there versus New York Comic Con. And I don't know. It's hard to tell. I feel, I did feel, it was a smaller con and I really did feel, I would love to see the numbers. I did feel like it was more diverse slash more black people there. I really did oh. feel it. I went to a few good panels. Shout out libations to... Jay is not even an anime head and she went to the panels. That's how much... <laughs> <laughs> panels. Oh my God. No, I only went... It's not even my thing, but they got panels. I only went to two panels because... Let me make sure I get Frankie's name right. But I think it's Fantastic Frankie. I'm not an anime head, but these panels... <laughs> <laughs> Now, I only went to two panels, and that's because Frankie was moderating. So that's fantastic, Frankie, on Instagram. For anybody who's familiar with Frankie, big, like, nerd online personality, who I inspired, according to her. (laughs) But anyway, Frankie is a big fucking deal. So she moderated a panel with some of the voice actors from Dragon Ball Z. Is Frankie the one you was on the panel with before? Yeah, we reviewed Falcon and Winter Soldier together on For All Nerds. So she did that panel, which was huge, mm-hmm. and she did another panel called uh, The Fanboy Fighter, which is another moniker, another name she goes by. And that was a room full of black folks talking anime shit and, you know, race, gender, and all that stuff or whatever. So that was really, really cool. The thing that I like about Frankie, as somebody who's been in these nerd spaces and gone to these cons a lot, is that as a black person, and I think this may be a symptom of... Maybe it's a symptom of the times, but as a black nerd person, Frankie shows up in the space as her whole black self. And Mm -hmm. I have seen people in those nerd spaces try to neutralize their blackness. Like, unless we're at a black con, I have been at general cons where unless the particular panel is about black shit, I have seen people shrink themselves just to kind of fit and kind of be a general neutral ass. Yeah appeals to everybody kind of person that new york times article about people who code switch with their white partners yes yeah yeah so a code switch right so i've been yeah i've seen people code switch in the nerd space instead of bringing their whole self to the space and letting everybody else catch up you know what i'm saying like if they Mm -hmm. ask you to moderate a panel they ask you to be your whole self well that's not necessarily what they said but when people approach us as non-white folks as black folks as people of color when they approach us because they've seen what what we do we need to show up and do what we do and be who we are and so i was very excited to see the way that frankie was herself in like we're talking about like the main stage at a con which depending on the size of the con we're at jacob javits that is huge the main stage is huge everybody from the con is in there it's a, a mixed bag of folks and she was being her whole black self and I felt very, I was happy, I was excited, I was impressed. So libations, make sure you're following Fantastic Frankie on Instagram. Sometimes she has bad takes, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to just put that out there now, all right? Sometimes the takes are bad and then lots of times they're great. So definitely libations to mm-hmm. Anime NYC, libations to Frankie. I had a wonderful black ass time 
at Anime NYC. I'm glad, you know, you didn't come back with a, you anti-black motherfucker. <laughs> 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 nice. No, I didn't. I'm wondering. I was only there for one day. I'm wondering if I had spent more time <laughs> there, if I would have come back with that. Mm-hmm. I will say... How do I say this? I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it because I don't. I don't. I haven't spent enough time in the space to know that that's even true. But yeah, oh, no, okay. I don't think I was there enough to have that so space. Yeah, thank you. I was there. <laughs> I, I don't think I was there enough to have that experience. And what I did experience, and I think this is just a natural thing that is something that I think marginalized folks experience. It's an approach that we take when we're trying to fight circumstance and shit. In one of the panels, there was a question about why are, you know, why are are black women nerds? Why are we tested? Why are we challenged? Why are men always trying to quiz us on what we know? And, you know, how do we approach it and shit like that? And the recurring answer in this particular room was basically like they was talking about how well they actually do when they're quizzed and what yeah it was like well you know they challenged me but it's one of them was like no i I come ready i'm ready for it i love it and i get that approach right if you love like Mm -hmm. just like devouring people with how much you know and shit yeah i understand Mm -hmm. that but also like nobody should be quizzing us like strangers you know, like strangers yeah. in a Barnes and Noble asking you, oh, what are you doing in the anime aisle or whatever? Like that type of shit. Like, get, who the fuck are you? Get the fuck out of here. So there was a little bit of that, but I don't think that that's necessarily like a anti-black feminist or anti-black response. I think it's just a, it is one of those those responses that you give when you're on the journey to like realizing that this is actually bullshit. Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of my They're face. They're still calling in a, in a bootstrap face. Right. Right, like I'm gonna show you. Well, I can prove it. Right, I prove like I should. It, so we shouldn't have to prove anything to anybody yeah. or whatever. But I would say mm-hmm. if if I experienced anything that was like you know counter to my politics, it was maybe that those kind of vibes. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that that's specific or unique to the anime experience. But yeah, yeah. I had a really good, I had a really good time, you know. That's so cool. that's nice. Patience to everybody. Let's tell people how they can support Tea with Queen and J podcast. There are two ways to donate at teawithqueenandj.com. Click the community tab to subscribe on patreon for two dollars a month two dollars or send us any amount via paypal follow us on your favorite podcast app share this podcast on social media tell a friend about us rate and review us on apple Podcasts. we read all of those we enjoy all of those or wherever you listen all of that helps tea with queen and jay grow yeah speaking of support we have donation libations this week for some patrons we have returning patrons this week van and also denam i hope that i'm saying your names correctly thank you so much for coming back to patreon we appreciate you and your support mm-hmm. are you ready to get into i like to say the motherfucking show but i'm trying to be more mindful of when i distribute motherfuckers you know what I'm saying? Last motherfucker. Oh, no, I'm just trying to be more mindful. Trying to be more mindful. But are you ready to get into the motherfucking show? <laughs> yes, I motherfucking am. Bye. All right, 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 all right. What kind of tea are you drinking over there, Jay? I am drinking chamomile. We're doing a late night recording. And after this, I want to be able to go right to sleep. I don't want to be all riled up like how we get over here. Riled up. Am I screaming in my apartment at 2.31 a.m.? Yes, I am. Yes. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs>
You sound riled up already. I apologize. I apologize. And I know my neighbors could hear me because, you know, I could hear the neighbor fart through the bathroom, uh, yeah, bathroom so wall over there. Anyway, anyway, what are you drinking? I'm not doing tea. I'm drinking water. I'm already pretty tired and I want to finish the episode with you. So oh. I figured not do a sleep aid. Okay. That'd be pretty whack. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I'm just drinking water to keep myself um, hydrated and all of that. Right, well, I'm we're glad you could join us. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I had a really busy day of doing nothing. I don't know. I'm exhausted. Wow. (laughs) Doesn't make any sense. Wow. What are your pronouns? (laughs) She, her. What are your pronouns? She, her, they, them. And what are you affirming for yourself this week? I'm affirming a good time with my family this week. I'll be at my mom's for most of the week. Um, Yeah. I just want to have good times, you know, because I'm on her little friends anyway. So it should be. Y'all are little friends now. I like it. That's what I'm affirming for myself this week. What are you affirming for yourself this week? My birthday is coming up, and I feel the need yeah. to say it out loud because I forget all the time. Jay, we are the opposites with birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forget every year, and so for every, I also I forget everyone else's birthday too. So if I have forgotten your birthday, if I forget it, please know I forget my own birthday. Actually, if people forget your birthday, it's your fault for not having a Facebook account, okay? And then there's that. <laughs> I be texting okay. people, like, if I remembered, oh, my God, happy birthday. Mm-hmm. Sending them, like, a text. <laughs> like, you avoid, I, yep. I skip over the Facebook thing. I get the Facebook notification, and then I send a text. It's personalized. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But, yeah, no, I totally exactly. agree with that. Totally agree. But, yeah. It's your fault. So, my birthday is coming up, so I want to affirm an excellent birthday week and month with mm-hmm. unexpected joy i want to have joy but i want to also have like unexpected joy like i ain't even see this joy coming what you doing here oh that's like that song from that artist i can't remember her name and she's just that black british girl who's just riding her bike just mad happy i can't think of it go put your records on Just happy. Like, mm-hmm. why is she happy? This song isn't about anything. <laughs> that bitch was happy. She was happy. She Don't was happy. Like I want unexpected joy. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. I want that. I'm affirming an awesome birthday and unexpected. You're gonna have those. Joy. Things. I am, yo. I, I am. It's gonna be mm-hmm. fantastic. I've been trying to like plan out. Okay, what do I want my birthday to look like? How do I want to feel? Mm-hmm. What do I want to experience? Where do I want to take the train? You know what I'm saying? Got to think about that because the train ride. Could really junk up your whole birthday. <laughs> yeah, especially, you know, oh, I think your birthday's on a weekend day. Yeah. You're going to happen to move us, girl. I got to figure that out. <laughs> I got to figure that out. What I You're never going to get anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. So content warning. We are going to be discussing some of our feelings surrounding the Kyle Rittenhouse acquittal. We're going to be talking about police brutality and white supremacy. So content warning for all of that. We hope not to be beating the same dead horse that we've kind of been hearing in the media of this. I doubt it. We don't beat horses. We don't beat horses, yo. We should change. That's problematic. That's problematic. (laughs) Like either way. We would never beat a dead horse. Yeah, we wouldn't, we wouldn't do, do that. that okay. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, content warning for this shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but we hope not to. We're just going to be talking about the shit. Yeah. We're going to fucking yeah. talk about it. So there is the motherfucking content warning. Are you ready, Queen? 
Yes. Yes. Okay. So first I want to say before we get into this, even though we do dismantle white supremacist patriarchal capitalism on this podcast, there are incidents that happen, you know, incidents like this that we don't talk about on this podcast. So we never feel compelled. We never feel the need. We never feel like we have to address every incident of police brutality. We never feel like we have to address every incident of vigilanteism or, yeah. you know, state-sanctioned violence. Yeah, every injustice, we don't feel the need right. to, like, be here and talk right. about Right, so yeah. we talk about them when Queen or Jay has something to say about it or Queen or Jay has something that they want to explore about it, but we don't feel like it's our responsibility to talk about these things, talk about every incident. There are other places for that, but we did have some things that we wanted to say about this specific case and some of the expressions, things that we saw in the media, things that we saw on social media surrounding it, so that's why we're talking about it today. Mm-hmm. All right, let's fucking go. So just to give some backstory. For those of you who are not aware of some of the details of the case or the incident that this case sprung from, on August 23rd, 2020, a police officer named Rustin Shesky shot in the back and paralyzed Jacob S. Blake, a 29-year-old black man in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So that was on the 23rd of August. 2020. Then two days later, during the unrest in Kenosha, that was unrest uh, in protest of this incident of police brutality, Kyle Rittenhouse, a 17-year-old at the time from Antioch, Illinois, fatally shot two men and wounded another during three confrontations. All three men who were shot were white. So this is just the what I'm giving right now of this is just what I pulled from. Wikipedia? Yeah. All right. And so then two days later, two days After the incident of police brutality, there was unrest in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and protests of that incident. This is pulled from Wikipedia. So just to give a rundown of Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse, a 17-year-old from Antioch, Illinois, fatally shot two men and wounded another during three confrontations. All three men shot were white, as was Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse had armed himself with a semi-automatic AR-15 style rifle and said he was in Kenosha to protect a car dealership from being vandalized and to provide medical aid. So that's what he said. Okay, so then this is a rundown. Your face is amazing. This... What? The screw face. And nobody so, found no paramedic supplies for him. They just that part. Him. That part. Because he didn't have any. But anyway, so this is a rundown of what happened. Quick rundown of what happened. The victims. So these are my notes. So Joseph Rosenbaum, who was the first victim of Kyle Rittenhouse, he had been released from the hospital unrelated to the protests. Right? So he had been released from the hospital. He crossed paths with Rittenhouse in a used car lot as Rittenhouse brandished an AR-15 style rifle rosenbaum was unarmed and he was carrying a plastic bag containing a toothbrush toothpaste socks deodorant and some papers so according to rittenhouse's lawyers rosenbaum approached rittenhouse and attempted to engage him so that's according to the lawyers there's video there's video of this incident or what what is available of the incident shows that so rittenhouse's lawyers claim that rosenbaum attempted to engage rittenhouse and that rittenhouse was afraid and ran Right. So this is according to the lawyers Mm -hmm. and that Rosenbaum chased him, that the victim was chasing Rittenhouse, allegedly. Right. After they just got out the hospital. 
Right. After he had just got out the hospital. Right. So video of the incident, which I did not watch. Video of the incident supposedly shows that Rosenbaum eventually threw the plastic bag that he was carrying at Rittenhouse. Right. So it's a plastic bag Mm -hmm. with all of his toiletries in there. Rittenhouse responded by firing four shots at the man. So Rittenhouse kills this guy, shoots and kills him. So at this point, Rittenhouse is now running from the scene of the crime. After he shoots this man, murders this guy, he's running from the scene of that crime and folks who were out protesting, because it's not clear Mm. whether or not Joseph Rosenbaum was there for the protest or if he was there because he was coming from the hospital or you can't, you can't really say like you and I have been in the streets where it's like, okay, well, I just left work. I know everybody's going to go over there. I'm going to head over there and see what's going on or Mm. I'm going to go join the protest or, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes during protests. And the person is dead. So we right. We don't, we don't know why he was there. We don't know. Okay. So after Rittenhouse kills Rosenbaum, he is running. So he's running now away from the scene of the crime. And folks who were out there protesting believe that he might be an active shooter. Probably because they had just heard him shoot and murder somebody. somebody. Right? Okay. So there's gunfire in the air. Again, you and I have been at protests and not heard fucking gunfire. You know what I'm saying? Like, that would have been a thing. Yeah. So they see him... They assume that he's possibly an active shooter, right? So now protesters are chasing this white man who is holding a gun, boy. right? Yes. What did mm-hmm. you say? I said boy. Thank you. Thank you. Protesters mm-hmm. are chasing this white boy who is carrying a gun who they believed might be an active shooter. So Anthony Huber, who was a protester, a white guy, protester, catches up to Rittenhouse, again, who he believes to be an active shooter, and Rittenhouse shoots and kills him, right? So he, um, Anthony Huber is able to catch up to him. He hits him with his skateboard. Huber hits Rittenhouse with his skateboard in an effort to stop him, because again, people think this is an active shooter. Mm -hmm. Rittenhouse shoots and kills him. Another protester is also there, Gage Grosskreutz. Uh, forgive me if I'm miss saying that. I really have not been consuming enough yeah, media on this have. to really know how to pronounce these names. Like, it's not second nature to me because I've been detached from Same this way. incident. Yep. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I just wanted to put that out there. But the third person, he shoots him in the arm and wounds him. So this is, again, another protester who was out there. This particular man was out there and actually had medic training and had made it a part of his practice to go to protests and be on site with supplies and help people and shit like that. But he was also a part Mm -hmm. of the group of protesters who was chasing him, who thought he was an active shooter and wanted to stop this. Right. And these accounts are from, so again, Gage was not killed. He was wounded. So this is a part of what he said that happened. Anthony Huber's girlfriend was also on site and explained Mm -hmm. that they were there as a part of the protest. And this is why they were running towards that guy. This is what was going on. Mm-hmm. So that's how we have that information. And so that is how we get here to this Kyle Rittenhouse case where he was charged with a few different counts of murder. There was one count of like intentional, then it was unintentional, then it was like assault. And he was acquitted of all those charges. Yeah. So why are we talking about this? I had some thoughts about it, but like Jay said, I was very detached from this, was not following any of this. I did know that an incident happened because of like a blurb or like whatever. Maybe people were talking about it one day, but I never deeply looked into it. So I was very detached from this whole process. Didn't watch the trial, kind of didn't really remember the boy's name, but although I knew he existed. So those are all of my, a lot of my information during the day that the verdict dropped 
or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck. And the way I found out was like at work, I'm on the phone with a coworker and we're talking about something. And then they happened to mention, oh, that boy got off. And I'm like, oh, he did? And they were like upset that they got off. And I remember thinking, huh? Like, I don't know. I'm like, huh? What? Okay. Like, you know, you could be upset. Mm-hmm. And this is a black person that I'm talking to for context. So, you know, they could be upset, but I wasn't. Whatever. I hang up kind of go on my day again and then I start seeing it on social media and a lot of people are talking about it. So I'm like, wait, am I missing something? Like, how come this isn't landing on me the way that I see it is landing on my coworker and some of the black people that I follow on social media? Like, am I missing something? And I do have on my, on a personal level where I sometimes am very detached Mm -hmm. and I don't connect like why people have emotions for something. So for me, it was like, wait, I have to figure this out. Like, am I doing that thing that I always do? So I Google into the case and I'm like, oh, that's, that's, I Google to get the information that you just presented. Mm-hmm. I didn't get all of this. This is a really great breakdown of what happened mm-hmm. and why stuff supposedly happened. But I still didn't like get it. So I just bring that up to say that I was, I couldn't understand why the black people so far around me were like kind of distraught and heartbroken and then when i saw that the people had murdered white protesters i got a little more confused so yeah i was still like kind of confused not really like understood everything didn't understand like why these black people around me were like feeling things and shit like that so like how did you find out about the verdict and how did you feel when that happened for you i don't remember where i was i know that i was not watching this closely and i know that i intentionally tapped out when I saw the videos floating around of him crying on the stand and the way that was being shared and the way that like I had a few different feelings about it. Like I don't I don't want to see him crying on the stand and mm-hmm. I don't really know why we're sharing it like on a personal. So I get I get the news and their foolishness. They're selling us news. But why are we sharing it? Why are yeah. what's the fun? I know we like to laugh and joke. But I didn't get any fun out of that one. There weren't enough good jokes about that one either. I don't know if it's just because it wasn't fucking funny or if people just were being lazy with their jokes. I don't know. But when I saw him crying about this, about having murdered people or or how scared he was, right? Because that's the thing that white folks do is I was so scared of these big monstrous people, right? Whether they be black people or nigger lovers, right? Which is (laughs) what the, the category that these white victims fall under, which is what makes them disposable, right? So I had already decided I'm not engaging in this. I'm not following this. I'm not doing this, right? It doesn't benefit me to follow this. I already know what it is. I'm not following. So I found out, I don't remember where I was. I was like, okay. And I just decided I was not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm going to do whatever else I got to do. This is standard practice. We are more surprised, honestly, when white vigilantes, when police of any race, um, well, black cops usually go to jail for killing. But when police... When they actually get in trouble for doing bad things to black folks, people of color or nigger lovers, like we're surprised when quote unquote justice happens. That's when we're surprised. But the other Mm -hmm. stuff, we're not we're not generally surprised, you know, disappointed, of course. But I don't Mm -hmm. I don't want to play this game. I don't want to play. So I just kind of moved on. I didn't really feel like. There are things that happen as black folks, there are things that happen in the media. Again, these acts of violence against 
you know, George Floyd, Eric Garner, all the names that we know and don't know where we feel. It's like, yo, yeah, it feels heavy today. Feels fucking heavy. Mm -hmm. I did not feel heavy. And I don't know if it's because I decided I wasn't going to engage with it or what. You know what I'm saying? So I just didn't. Yeah, I didn't didn't feel that heaviness either. Yeah, I didn't engage. And I think that's what confused me. The people around me that seemed like they felt heavy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, am I doing that thing again where I don't feel stuff? Right. When I should feel stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I did did see a lot of that. So the heaviness, seeing black people have that heaviness, me being disconnected from that heaviness did make me look into like, like, what exactly happened you already Mm -hmm. explained but like that was my like wait let me see what is happening here and that's when i realized that the people that were murdered were white right and no no one should be murdered i don't think that those people lives should have been taken by this boy Mm -hmm. that other man should not have been injured so that is not what i'm saying and that was not where i'm getting that for me i just didn't understand the heaviness Mm -hmm. and like as if yeah, and when and my quest to figure out the heaviness, I did tweet a few things because it was like, again, am I missing something? Mm-hmm. Like, what's you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I did get some responses for people who were talking about, you know, white supremacy, uh, at- attacking white people, or yeah, white supremacy is even killing white people, as if maybe there was a thought that they and this is me implying because this is tweets mm-hmm. so i can't say what they were thinking but this is what i felt from the words or how i interpreted what folks are saying back to me but saying that as if white people were ever exempt from white supremacy or as, as mm. if they didn't think that these types of things could happen to white people mm-hmm. because white supremacy is supposed to like not happen to them mm-hmm. that's how i was interpreting like the people who are replying to me and stuff well, what were they saying to you basically explaining like white supremacy has because i was like am i missing something i'm you know this heaviness you guys feel, I don't feel. I'm kind of like not sure, mm-hmm. right? I'm just asking. Mm-hmm. And then it's, you know, getting responses about like white supremacy is actually killing white people. This is setting a precedent. Let me look at one of the tweets. Yeah. So one tweet was because white people are killed by white supremacists for fighting against white supremacy. He made an example of race traitors and got away with it, which for me is not something to be surprised about. Right. But I'm not saying this person is surprised, but that's how I interpreted it. So the same way as what you said, we're more surprised when there's justice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I feel the same way even with this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't expect white supremacy to even to stop right. at white people to be like, well, they're white. So we'll like, okay, them mm-hmm. being nigga lovers. Like the system, even white people have to adhere to this white supremacist system mm-hmm. for it to work for them too. Right. And as soon as they don't, and as soon as they step out of it, they are murdered or there's something happens mm-hmm. to them. This is not the first instances in history where white people are murdered right. or penalized for trying to stop yeah. white supremacy like we've seen it with abolitionists we've seen it mm-hmm. you know like we've seen this throughout the history of this country so it was just really made me feel weird or like maybe a little angry mm. to get that information as if and i'm not i'm not sure the person's thought but it felt like as if it was newer like as mm-hmm. if this different thing had happened and it was like nothing different happened mm-hmm. my expectation was never for white supremacy to be something that saved white people right. so now you know i'm, I'm still kind of confused right. i'm still not where you guys are yeah. when it comes to the feelings that i'm mm-hmm. seeing about this the goal is to protect whiteness and any white person who shows themselves against that goal who actively works to undermine the yeah. goal of protecting whiteness 
is mm-hmm. becomes the enemy and that's a very real thing. I guess what I'm what I'm curious about what I want to ask you is do you think that there's space for cuz I think that there were a lot of people who were not surprised but were disappointed and were feeling that heaviness, right? Yeah, definitely. There's this space for all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to like I don't even know what I was trying to do, but in a moment I just did felt a disconnect I guess from these black people mm-hmm. and I'm just trying to figure out like what that is. What is like you know, just trying to get to the bottom of that feeling, this feeling that I had. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely space for that. Black people are always disappointed. Like, I would never say you shouldn't be disappointed. I don't even really like to say people shouldn't be surprised. I don't know the experience of every black person. We say all the time they're not a monolith. Yeah. So realistically, no. But in those moments when I'm, like, trying to, like, figure this out and, like, figure out this disconnect or or not really relating to black people that I genuinely relate to in these ways I'm just like kind of just like trying to figure this shit out Mm -hmm. so that was like one of the kind of places that I arrived to like like, wait are there black people who still who who don't know that white supremacy will kill a white person (laughs) to Mm -hmm. uphold white supremacy so that was yeah just it just yeah I think that the other thing about the internet is that I think sometimes we forget who we're talking to or we forget like what the internet is right and that you could be arguing with a 14 year old who just heard something interesting in fucking social studies class and is using that information to say weird things on twitter you know what i'm saying yeah it wasn't that though right okay i'm I'm just saying like no that's definitely possible, yeah like i do notice that i just stopped they're a part of the vibe too a lot of yeah, teenagers definitely. you know people who are younger people from all different walks of life people who are quote you know woke 101 or whatever it's all different kinds of people on there and i think sometimes we see a comment that's ridiculous and we're raging and this is why i say if you're under 18 like your age need to be next to your social media <laughs> handle because i need to know if i'm freaking hauling off on a 17 year old you know because they don't understand mm-hmm. something and i'm yeah. in my head i think i'm talking to somebody who's my peer like dude what is your problem when in reality maybe i should be educating somebody you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. it's just a very weird space and for people like us who spend so much time on there it's easy to forget get like oh we're on the worldwide fucking web and we don't know for sure who's on the other end we don't know for sure who we're talking to you know what i'm saying so yeah that was me trying to like bounce some ideas off on people and it just still wasn't landing Mm -hmm. so i'm like you know okay that's fine it doesn't have to you know what i mean but then it was another thing Another feeling that I had, another thought that I have, and again, this is not to undermine that people were murdered, people lost their lives, people were injured. This is not even like connected to death. I don't think that it is fine that that people were murdered just because they was white, like none of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I did feel like this injustice at the very least was a day that didn't have to be so heavy for black people because of all of like... Because of the different injustices that we see day in and day out, like I felt like this is the one time that we could kind of like take a breath, like acknowledge that something bad has happened, acknowledge that whatever you want to acknowledge, be disappointed, be whatever. But I don't know. I just it just the weight of it. I just feel like we carry so much shit, and I just felt like this was the one time where injustice happens that we are going to protest about and we are going to organize about because this is something and a thing. But we didn't have to be as connected or attached 
or I don't know, just felt like a day to like not be so entangled in pain and oppression and despair as closely have we always been because of, I guess, how directly it was affecting us or seeing vigilantes or seeing police do the things that they do. I don't know. I just felt like it was like the one time where we could like still be upset, but like let white people who have been saying that Black Lives Matter, white people who have been saying that they want to dismantle white supremacy, like kind of just let them lead the charge at at least this day Mm. for these eight hours. Let them like... I don't know. It just seemed like a lot. Why did you feel like this was the one time, like this was the one day, this was the one incident where we could not be as intimately connected? Not so much that. I think that's a me thing where I, where I compartmentalize that in that way. So that shouldn't be my expectation. So that's not what I mean. But more so like not being front and center or... I don't know. I just felt like it's the one day where we carry one less bag. But I think because white supremacy was like affecting white people in this very, very real way that we don't see all the time, that we don't see happen continuously. And it was like chickens coming home to roost as far as I'm mostly talking particularly to white liberals who act like this is not what the fuck they want and they want. Black Lives Matter, Mm -hmm. and you have this awakening, like, they should hold all of this in this moment. Like, and I felt like we were holding a lot. And it was like, they talk this shit, let them do this shit. Like, like, at least for their hours, let them be the motherfuckers who be about what they say they gonna be about. And I still felt like we was carrying the whole fucking load. Mm -hmm. If we are all working to dismantle this system, and if you white people are saying you're working to dismantle this system, system, hold this bag. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was just... I don't know if I make sense. To yeah, you no, I think that that I think it made sense. I wasn't sure what you meant. I like I wanted you to say it. Like if, if you meant that it was because they were white, I wanted you to say it. Like whatever. I, I wasn't sure, but I think that mm-hmm. what you're saying about white liberal folks, the white people that we see in the streets when we are protesting there, I think that I understand what you're saying about like we can be present and still like take a back seat. Like we don't have to be yeah. the ones who are making the yep. statement about this i think where it gets a little bit tricky for me is that they would have been murdered if they were black protesters as well and some of the laws so kyle got away with murder because the law will bend to whoever they want the law to bend to right to white people the law will bend to whatever white people they want the law to bend to right so that's how he got away with this i think a lot of black folks we know that these like laws that pass or these things that happen or when the law bends it is never in our favor and so when the law bends in this way, and it is white protesters who lost their life, right? It's just a reminder that the law also never bends in our direction as black folks. You know what I'm saying? Like those white folks Mm -hmm. who were there protesting were protesting supposedly in solidarity with black folks, with Black Lives Matter, with, you know, our right to equal personhood as black people. And so when these things happen, I think a part of what people are saying about this setting a precedent even though the precedent is that the law will bend for white folks who white yeah. folks want the law to bend for the bend for it still is like we will continue to get the worst of it 
whatever it is, these were white men. These were white men who died, who were murdered. Whatever quote unquote precedent is set, black people will get the brunt of it. Black people will get the worst of it. So while for me, it was most comfortable, like I found my peace in being hands off with this. I think that Mm -hmm. there are black folks who found I hate to say comfort or it was more suitable to them to engage in saying something about it online, to engage in whatever it is that different people were saying and expressing online or whatever messages they were kind of trying to send or whatever, however they engaged with it. For some black folks, it was more suitable to them for them to do that. Because of this feeling of knowing that we are going to get the shit end of whatever comes after this. You know what I'm saying? And I think Mm -hmm. that while we know the law will bend for whatever white folks, the law, the man, wants to bend the law for, there is a feeling that every time that happens, there is a motherfucker who is emboldened to do his worst. Do his best at doing his worst. You know what I'm saying? So like somebody who may have thought twice before may be more emboldened now to pull some shit like this, I think is also the feeling that some people are having. Yeah, I'm no, I'm sure. I'm sure. I just I just always feel like white people don't need a reason. Like I just always like sit in that. I agree with that as a standard, I know. as a base standard for sure. I know. Mm-hmm. But I do understand people thinking other things. So I'm not like I don't think there's anything wrong with thinking that. It's just that for me, it was just like such a huge disconnect. And I was just trying to figure out what the fuck is this disconnect that I have with this? Because I don't even, all of these things you're saying, I really, all of the things that I'm seeing Mm -hmm. and then all of the people responding to me, I'm just really on some like, this don't mean shit to me. You know, so I was just trying to figure out and also examine like, what am I not seeing? Or what do I not feel? Or what do I like, whatever. Because even if I feel comfortable here, there's still lots of black people who feel like that mm-hmm. or who are expressing this thing. And it's like, I don't want to be so disconnected that I'm looking at motherfuckers like, what the fuck? Why are you? Why are you? You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's why I just stopped tweeting. And then I didn't speak about it until me and you right. spoke about it and said some things. But it's just like, I do. I have like this disconnect where it's just like, I hear y'all. I don't give a shit about none of that stuff because my understanding of white supremacy is that a motherfucker don't need a reason. The system is not for me. Nothing that protects a white person would ever protect me. Mm-hmm. Nothing. They are always moving and they move the goalposts however which way they want to. My expectation for this shit is nothing. Mm-hmm. Like that's at the point that I'm at. <laughs> and I don't, I will never look at the justice system to ever do anything for me. And that's where I'm at and that's who I am and that's what I believe. But I should kind of like gauge and not just completely like fucking not question. Like, you know, I don't want to fucking be that fucking weirdo, self-righteous motherfucker who's just like, ah, 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 ah. you know, so that's why I was trying to have this conversation and have those conversations on Twitter. But even then I was feeling that, what the fuck? Like, you know, I was, I was feeling that because it was just like, huh? I could not, I couldn't, I could not connect it. It was just like, nah. Like mm-hmm. we're at war. <laughs> right. Well, that's that is true, right? So we are at war. That is a real thing. I guess I wonder because okay, you understand what I'm saying, but you also kind of presented a few things as if they were counterpoints to what I was saying. Because I don't think that I don't think that the fact that we are at war 
the fact that this is a systemic issue, the fact that the lone wolf shit is a fucking myth, I don't think that that operates counter to the notion that there are still white supremacists who are not about that in the streets type life. You understand what I'm saying? In, in my opinion, right? There are white supremacists who like to be white supremacists at home and who are not going to take their gun and kill people in the streets or whatever. And so I think that there are, for those who are not about that life, I think that there are things that happen that can embolden people like that. And I think that, like, this is a systemic incident. You know what I'm saying? This yeah, is systemic. Is. So systemic when, you see, yeah. when you see the system say, yes, just a reminder, we will bend the law for you. It is okay. When you see that happen, I do think that there are fucking house white supremacists, like like house, like I stay in the house, I do my white supremacy from home, who may be more emboldened to come outside with it because of the system. And I don't think that that is lone wolfism. I think that that is a concept. Lone wolfism is... I think the point that I'm making is counter to lone wolfism. The point that I'm making is that the system is reminding them that this shit is okay. We will bend the system for you. The system is emboldening the shit that they already know about the system. And I think that it does matter if one more of these motherfuckers is emboldened to do some shit like this again. One more who may have not been before. I don't think that that is the concept of lone wolfism, which says that, oh, this person has a mental health issue. And so that's why they decided to take their white supremacy to the streets. Or this person, you know, we don't know what happened to him at home. He was mad at all of his friends at school. And so that's why he took his white supremacy to school and shot up everybody, whatever the fuck. I don't think that seeing the system do what the system does, I don't think that being emboldened by that is lone wolfism. I didn't mention lone, lone wolfism. Oh, you had said it before when we was talking about it. Yeah, I know, right. I know. So I was like, I wonder if they will get it, but probably. I think so. In this conversation, I believe you said like a one-off kind of thing, which is what lone wolfism is. But anyway, I'll say it now. Lone wolfism, like Queen said, we had talked about this before and it was mentioned yeah. and it made me think about that when you mentioned or when I thought I heard you mention it being like a one-off thing or whatever. But mm -hmm. lone wolfism is the concept that all of these violent attacks of white supremacy, these overt actions or these, you know, uh, white shooters are just a lone wolf who something was wrong with this one individual person who decided to do an individual act based on their individual life and it's not related to the systemic it's not related to a system of a larger system of white supremacist patriarchal capitalism or a larger system of white supremacy it's one one guy gone rogue misguided one misguided person who has done something and that all of these incidents that happen are all just individual acts that are totally unrelated to one another yeah mm -hmm. so that's lone wolfism we talked about it on a previous episode actually i will put that the link to that in the show notes if i can find it but yeah my point was i don't like i hear you saying that you're not saying that to counter it but then you kind of said it like to counter it like i don't think those two concepts have to exist 
as a separate thing. I think you can acknowledge the system and acknowledge that there are people who can be emboldened. No, I, I get that they exist together. But I don't think I said that they don't exist together. I'm saying that because of the way that I've compartmentalized this and how I have decided to stay d- detached for these systemic reasons, and I'm kind of lying in that, that it made me disconnected from these other reasons that people are saying. Right. And that's why I was like not getting mm-hmm. what people were saying. That's probably why I was not getting why it was heavy for people. It's probably why, because I've already decided and compartmentalized this in this way. Okay, this is how, this is right. my coping mechanism to deal with this fucking white supremacist shit mm-hmm. that I'm just going to just like kind of just sit in it this way. Um, and I've, I think I've done that so long. And that's where I'm at so long that when people are saying these things that I'm just like, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. Or that makes no sense. Or, you know, that's the disconnect Mm -hmm. that I have and like still kind of have. But I do get that those things can exist together. But for some reason, my brain was just kind of just like stuck there. You know? Yeah. No, I feel you. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about some of the reactions and how we experience those reactions to this verdict, particularly reactions on the internet. More about the internet. The internet! All right, let's take a break. Thank you so much for listening to Tea with Queen and Jay. This is a black-ass womanist race nerd podcast dedicated to dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism. Yes, to quote Bell Hooks, we have to constantly critique imperialist white supremacist patriarchal culture because it is normalized by mass media and rendered unproblematic. Here at Tea with Queen and Jay podcast, we are dedicated to that critique and promoting, highlighting, and introducing alternate ways of existing and resisting the fuck shit that is oppressive systems. Through the podcast, events, trainings, and panels, we rely on your support to sustain this work. Sustainability. <laughs> That's important. There are a few ways that you can support Tea with Queen and Jay. You can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. That's a big help, and it lets people know that we are current and people like what we do here. That's right. You can tell all your favorite people about us. You can also give us your money. Give it to us. There are two ways to donate. Two. You can go to our website, teawithqueenandj.com. Slide down on our homepage and there's where we have two options. Two. Our first option is our PayPal option and that is where you can give however much you want. And we have our Patreon option and that's where we're asking for a little bit more commitment. Just $2 a month. $2. You can give more or less, but that is up. Up to you. All of our patrons have access to one bonus episode a month and all previous bonus episodes. Another great way to support Team with Queen and Jay is to become a sponsor. If you would like to sponsor us, if you'd like to hear your ad on Team with Queen and Jay podcast or see it on social media, email us at teawithqueenandjay at gmail.com. We also do trainings. You can hire us to speak at your school or organization about white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism, dismantling white supremacy in the workplace, womanism, black feminism podcasting some other shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast or if you'd like us to do a covid safe live show or consult you or your team send us your t-mail at t with queen and j.com thank you so much for fucking with us thank you so much for all the support hey black women hey black femmes hey black people 
right, all 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 right. And we're black. All the time. So I think another disconnect that's being revealed to me in terms of this acquittal of Kyle Rittenhouse is that like this kind of privilege that I've kind of lived in and this black bubble that I kind of lived in and still live in where my proximity to whiteness is like close to nothing. Like I'm Mm -hmm. not ever really around white people. And I'm also, so there's things I don't have to do. There's certain code twitching I don't have to do. There's certain ideas I don't even have to think about because I don't even have to think about white people in my life on a day-to-day like Mm -hmm. that. So I think some of my disconnect there too, where I'm just like, how could you not know? You know, or how could you think? Or how could you? I... And very distant Mm -hmm. from whiteness. I still live in this system. It still affects me. It still, you know, all of that shit still happens. But I am very disconnected from whiteness in ways that lots of black people in the United States are not. So I do think that that did contribute to some of the disconnect, some of the feelings, some of the need to say things out loud, some of the why this might be something that you bring up while I'm on the phone mm-hmm. <laughs> with you acting about something completely unrelated. So like what? So what are some tangible things that you think may be attributed to your experience as somebody with the privilege to be surrounded and engulfed in the safety of blackness versus people who engage with white folks more? I was able to like completely disengage and disconnect like how at the top of their mind or like how it was just like became like the center of their day that day when the um, verdict was dropped in ways that was just not at all for me. Being on a phone call with a coworker who just brings it up randomly, but we're not talking about anything mm-hmm. related. That's something I wouldn't have even did because it was just so, like, I'm so far removed from it. Then when I do go on social media, seeing posts on Instagram, um, some posts on Instagram pages for people who... um Pages or people who do like kind of like black center stuff or quote unquote um, black center stuff. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Quote unquote black center stuff or people just posting about it in ways for me that just was not something I would ever mm-hmm. thought about. Wasn't even, you know, there are times when I moved to like post about something. Mm-hmm. This wasn't those times. So that's like the difference that I was seeing. Like this is important for people. Okay. This means something for people. Mm-hmm. And when you say people whose work centers blackness, right? Yes. Do you mean people whose work centers like diversity and inclusion? Do you mean people who get paid by white people? To yes, do exactly. Stuff? That. Right. And it, and I'm not yeah, saying, I'm yeah. not saying really in this moment I'm not really trying to say that as a judgment. I just kind of think it's important that we be specific about what we're talking about because I think that there are a lot of people who lump that all together. I think that there are yes. black people who do work that centers black people and are talking to black people. And I think there are black people who do work that is supposed to appear black to white folks so that they can sell yes. white folks things. And I'm not, I'm not saying that that's wrong because I think that sometimes to get a diversity and inclusion bag, sometimes the work is talking to white people in a certain yeah. way. I know that we do trainings and our trainings are usually focused on dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism so usually that's what our work is centered on like yeah we're mm-hmm. 
doing that very specific thing and we are yes. you you hit us up because you want us to train you in doing that and so we haven't tip sometimes i guess i call it diversity and inclusion but this the there are a lot of people who are social justice thinker leader for pay mm-hmm. and their work is talking to white people and showing white people things like directly yeah. and I, I know that we have a lot of white listeners white supporters and shit but the way that we move is that we are talking to black people and if you happen to be here then you happen to be here kind of vibes and yeah i think that there's a difference in that creates a difference in content on social media yeah, and on you know yeah. your platform or whatever yeah, definitely. So yeah, that those are the other pieces where I was kind of like that disconnect again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then also seeing those particular pages that you're talking about or those particular people tweet certain things. I think I kind of not even kind of I got annoyed. Mm-hmm. Things like what? Because it was like who. I saw one that was kind of basically like white supremacy happening to white people. I am paraphrasing, but like this is white supremacy killing white people. Mm-hmm. Like you know whatever. And because I know if that creator does generally talk to white people, mm-hmm. it was kind of just like, what? Like, what? I don't know. It was, I don't know. It. I think maybe I was just in my feelings yeah. and stuff just kind of just ticked me off because it was just like, maybe I was feeling away because I was so disconnected from all these black people. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking know. But it was like, what do they see that I don't see? Or mm-hmm. like, what are they feeling that I don't feel? Or, yeah, I don't know. It was just... It was just interesting just seeing how for some people this was like a a change shifted the course Mm -hmm. of their day, Mm -hmm. you know, and I did post something, nothing to do with this, but I just posted like something happy because it was just like, I can't. It was almost as if y'all want me to feel the way y'all feel. I don't want to feel like this. Right, right. <laughs> like this is out of this is not what I want to do. I don't want to go down this. I don't want to go there. This path with you mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, like whatever. So yeah, but a lot of that is what came up for me with this verdict. With this, it's a lot of like kind of thoughts that I knew I weren't seeing anywhere else. Mm-hmm. They probably were just my own. I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I figured I saw this sweated out because it was just like this. This feels. I don't know. It just felt weird Mm -hmm. made me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. yeah yes and another point of disconnect but i think we kind of addressed this before when we were when i was saying that i was having although i know those two things exist the systemic thing and the um long with thing like they can coexist like i get that but there was another part of me where people were talking about this precedent as if you talked about this precedent and how it will signal to other white folks the at home fucking white supremacists to like do something or whatever but the precedent i was thinking of i guess was in the court system you know how like they base the next case like this you know how you see lawyer shit and they're like well in 1972 the case da-da, you know how they do shit like uh-huh. that i was thinking of the precedent in that way and it made me think like you know no law that they ever make whatever protect our black ass mm-hmm. and then it also made me wonder do black people think we're equal to white people mm-hmm. like we know we should be you know but like as far as what this country says to you do you ever think that do like do they really believe that the core system would ever believe that a black person is equal to the white person and right. anything you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. so that was another thought that was like running through my head right. when it came, came to that you know 
Mm-hmm. There was something that I saw, and I was trying to look for it again, but I couldn't come across it. It was a tweet that someone retweeted into my timeline. But I want to say that it was the only, honestly the only post I saw, but it did influence another thought that I had mm-hmm. when it came to this verdict and all of this stuff with Kyle and all of that shit. And the tweet alluded to, you know, white people were marching for us and they died for us. And, like, will they ever do this again? Or will they continue to be allies and march in this way. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm paraphrasing because I couldn't find a tweet. But it made me think about this concept of allies. And me and Jay have talked about this many times on the show. You know, they, they're not real. <laughs> but it made me wonder, like, you know, um, they're not really allies. Like, mm-hmm. if, if that thought comes to your mind yeah. about any anybody who can be an ally to your marginalization, if that is a thought, then that, person isn't actually an ally right if you're concerned about them seeing the danger in supporting you and being deterred by that then were they ever really an ally in the first place to begin right right and i think that that also has to do with the way that we i don't know if this is the right word but like kind of infantilize white people some black people feel like we need to Mm -hmm. hold their hand or like really celebrate them when they do quote unquote the right thing and like yeah. really it's is the is the reason why is <laughs> the reason why a lot of black people like will like go super duper hard for white people doing black things mediocre. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like 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 when the when the fucking uh, when the one white person in whatever space is like like dancing halfway decent, we're like, go white girl, go white girl, go white girl. It's the same. It's the same thing for when that's my friend Becky. Right, like, I don't know where you just met her at the hello. Club. She did a sub party. <laughs> yeah. yes or like you know you see a white person being a halfway decent ally and like you be so hyped to fucking give them a high five buy them a cookie let them know you're on their side and you appreciate you so fucking thankful for this fucking thank thank you thank you thank you fuck you this is what you're supposed to do not thanking you you shouldn't be in it for the fucking cookies fuck out of here buy your own goddamn cookies go away White supremacy doesn't give out cookies. Right? The <laughs> fuck? What you mean? So that oh, to me gosh. was that feeling of like, no, we need to make sure that white people feel safe being black out, being allies to black folks. Yeah, and now, and now yeah. what? And now mm-hmm. are they not going to help us? And then This was always the deal. This was always what it was. Yeah. And that's what allyship is. If we believe in that or whatever, or co-conspiratorship is, yes, you have to be prepared to lose. You have to be prepared to lose something. And it comes up a lot when we talk about any privileged person in media. And we're going to talk about this again in a later episode. But any privileged person in media, when something happens, whether it be light-skinned folks taking roles that should have gone to dark-skinned folks, whether it be Mm -hmm. whatever the fuck it is, we're like, well, should they have said no? Should they have turned it down? Yeah, Yeah. right. Mm -hmm. Should they have? Okay, so we know this is wrong, but should the person who took this job they shouldn't have taken? Should they have said no? That's yes. You have to be prepared to lose. You have to be prepared to put yourself in the line of fire. Be prepared to miss out. Be prepared to be treated with similar disdain to the oppressed group that you are aligning yourself with. You have to be prepared. Yes, exactly. That is, that's what that shit is. It's, it's not just saying, yeah, white supremacy is bad. I don't like it. You can come sit here 
sure. What, can I buy you a drink? That's not what the fuck that is. You have to be prepared no. to lose. Mm-mm. You have to be prepared to lose yes. out on opportunities. You have to be prepared to lose money. You have to be prepared to lose the things that the oppressed groups have been, who have had access blocked to them. Like you have to be prepared to miss out on those same things. Yes. You have to be prepared for that shit. That's what co-conspiratorship is. That's what allyship is. is. You have to be prepared to lose. Yeah. If you lose, right? Like this is a, this is a loss right here, right? This Kyle Rittenhouse thing and him being able to get away with killing white men it's a loss, right? And if you see this loss as a reason not to demonstrate your quote-unquote allyship or your co-conspiratorship with oppressed people, with black folks, with Black Lives Matter, you was never an ally to begin with. At all. And yeah, like at all. And then when it comes to a lot of it's great that so many people mobilized. It's great that so many white people were involved this time around. But let's be honest that a lot of them were involved this time around because of white guilt, not actually because they care about black lives. Mm. You know, let's be honest about that. Mm-hmm. It's not. I'm sure there's that. Well, I don't believe in allies, but I'm sure there's some motherfuckers who are going hard. Mm-hmm. Right. But let's be realistic about the current or not even current, the uprising that happened and the amount, because there was a lot of fucking white people in the streets mm-hmm. during that. And we, I think it's, not even I think, we can be honest and say that a lot of that was white guilt and it, a lot of it had nothing to do with us, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I think it's okay to be honest about that as well. So that's some of the thought that came up when I saw that, that tweet about mm-hmm. the, the ally tweet. Like, I don't think everyone is out there as a fucking ally t- to begin right. with. And if they are now taking away their allyship because they saw other white people be murdered, that wasn't an ally mm-hmm. at all either. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, you're supposed to lose shit. Like, stuff, things are going to happen. Right. And you got to be ready when shit happens. And the, the men who died... And were wounded. That's what they were actively doing. Putting themselves in harm's Mm -hmm. way. You know what I'm saying? So if there are people who see that and are like, oh, I couldn't do that. You was never about to be out there doing that anyway. You was about that life. You was never going to be in that position. You was never going to go chase an active shooter or hit him in the head with your fucking skateboard. You was never going to try and apprehend a fucking white supremacist at a fucking protest. At all. Yeah, you wasn't about to do that anyway so Mm-mm. yeah i don't think that that's something that we have to concern ourselves with as black yep. people mm-hmm. the fear of not having white allies because i think that we didn't those those people who can be swayed in in that way so easily yeah. they're not ready to be out here with us those are the ones those are the ones who be at protest with you and you end up getting hurt because they're so fucking extra overhype Yes, for no fucking all, reason yes, and they don't have an awareness of what their actual uh, role is what the out fuck there. is going down you know what and what saying? is at risk right yep that right. is those motherfuckers yeah yeah so we don't need y'all in the space anyway at all Mm-mm. Mm-mm. but all of this is a reminder we got a, a letter actually from silas so thank you so much silas silas actually hit us up to comment on our episode the audacity of men um that was episode 275 and Silas was talking about the laws in Missouri, the Missouri, st- we, we talked about this on the show, but they were adding more insight into the Missouri Senate, having a bill to decriminalize hitting protesters with a car. And mm-hmm. Silas kind of gave us a background as to, you know, where that came from and how that the reason, a part of the reason for these laws is to make sure that people who do this are not at risk for losing their jobs. There was a um, university president 
who ended up losing their job because of the backlash that came from them hitting a protester. So that was six years prior to this law coming about. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Silas, for that letter, for kind of bringing that, offering that insight. And it kind of made me look into these other bills that have been passed across the country. So it's not just Missouri. According to the International Center for Nonprofit Law, nearly 85 state and federal bills have been introduced in 2021 to restrict the right to peacefully assemble compared with 36 bills in 2020. And and I believe that I'm sure we can agree that this Kyle Rittenhouse shit trial contributes to this frenzy, this frenzy Uh to pass these bills that restrict protest and make it okay in the law, right? So what the judge did in Kyle Rittenhouse case, what happened there, they bent the law to, regardless to what the law says, they bent the fucking law to fit Kyle Rittenhouse and to get him off. This this yeah. is an effort to put into law that nah, whatever you whatever you do out there, it's okay. It's no big deal. Yeah, so these are 85 state and federal bills that have been introduced. So this includes laws banning folks convicted of participating in protests from receiving student loans, unemployment benefits, or other forms of assistance, a variety of laws that make it okay to injure or in some cases get away with murdering quote unquote rioters. Cause you know what? That's what they're calling protesters now. Rioters. Every protester is a fucking mm-hmm. rioter in these bills. And that goes back to a part of why the judge was like, no, we're not going to call them victims. Even though they were victims of murder, the judge is like, yeah. no, you can't lo- use that language. You can call them looters. You can call them rioters. You know, it was very much like, no, these were... Yeah, let's incriminate incriminate them. Quote, unquote, bad people. Yeah, these are bad people, and he had to protect himself because he had the moral authority because these were bad people doing wrong. People, yeah. Vera Eidelman, a lawyer at the American Civil Liberties Union, told the New York Times, this is consistent with the general trend of legislators responding to powerful and persuasive protests by seeking to silence them rather than engaging with the message of the protests. So that's what's going on. That's what's going down. I mean, to Queen's point, the law did not matter in this case. And in many cases that we see, like these white people will bend the fucking law to protect white people whose work is maintaining a system of white supremacy. But we are seeing across the country them putting this shit like on the books, like, no, it's okay. And that's a part of, I think, also the feeling of like emboldening. Like we know this shit is like implied that white people can do whatever they want. And now it's like, this type of shit is going back on the books yeah it's written down Mm -hmm. so that's fucking whack fucking whack all right what's something cute that we could leave this episode off with because that was a whole lot of not cute let's get cute let's get cute yeah it was a a whole lot of not cute all right so let's do something fun you want to do something fun with me yes we're gonna end on a fun note yes we need it it's gonna be light it's gonna be positive clean the palette it's gonna be about fucking eliminating waste in a black girl way, for black girl oh, things, for black people okay. things, for black people, not just girls this time, not just femmes, okay? Mm-mm. Black people, people. All right, let's do a moment in black hair. Oh, been a minute. Yes! The music plays. <laughs> All right, Queen, can you tell people what our moment in black hair segment is about? Yes, a moment in black hair segment is where we highlight like dope hair stories, bring up topics where black hair is being politicized um because it's just always political, even when it's trying not to be, even when it's trying to just be hair. We even when it's trying to like 
not be our hair because I am not my hair as a thing too. Black hair is political. Black hair, whether it wants to be the shit or not, it, 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 it's the topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. So this is the segment where we talk about black hair. Yes. And so what we talk. All right. About. So what we talking about. So I feel like with black hair, a part of the conversation that had kind of been coming up with synthetic hair, right? With our braids, our wigs, our weaves, our crochets and all of that stuff or whatever has been, what is happening to all of this hair? Is it waste? Mm -hmm. Is it going into a fucking landfill? What are we doing with this hair? And it felt like another time when people was trying to mess with my joy. come at us. Hello. And come at our hair. Yes. Yes, it's motherfuckers taking private jets to go an hour away, but they want to get there in three minutes. Okay, they taking a whole private jet out here. Yeah, and I can't get, I can't, I can't get fucking forty inch braids. I can't get a three for five kinkle. The fuck, like it's not right. It's not right. It's not. So I know over the pandemic, I have mad hair in here. Oftentimes when we get like our braids done, that braid hair, you know, it's been in there for like a month. You take it out or whatever, at least a month, depending on who you is. But anyway, <laughs> your braided hair, your knotless, your box braids, your cornrows or whatever, that hair has been in your head for like a month. You take it out. It goes yeah. in the garbage. We're not recycling. Yeah. I have actually, just because of who I am, I have put it in the bottle recycling section, hoping, crossing my fingers that somebody would do something with it. Obviously, no one is. It's-, it's just a waste of time for everybody okay i just do it in there so i feel good in my spirit i just put it in there it's wrong it's actually bad it's a waste of time goes right in the trash to whoever touches that sanitation it next. worker part of it's like what why is this happening <laughs> every every two months with this one is it part of anyway so i have been sitting here i haven't been getting my hair braided as much i have my hair braided over the summer i haven't been getting my hair braided as much i haven't been rocking my wigs the same way i was before and i have wigs in here some of which i know i would like to wear again at some point others is like i'm never putting that on again so what what am i supposed to do with this am i gonna put this in bottle yeah. recycling so that the sanitation can then just take it and put it in the trash <laughs> for my conscience am i gonna put all this hair i have mad hair in my house i have fucking storage containers that are specifically for hair like this bin is for hair some of it is future braiding hair that i'm gonna use or whatever mm-hmm. some of it is stuff i was like oh i know they don't always have my color let me stock up da 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 but anyway so i found a place where i can recycle my synthetic oh. wig hair my braid mm-hmm. hair okay like a place that will recycle hair look at science look at science right so there are two places all right so the first place is called the wig station so it's the wigstation.com and you can click on their recycling their recycling tab on the website the wigstation.com we'll put the link to that in the show notes and basically the wig station is a full service wig salon in Tigard, Oregon excuse me i don't know how to say it Tigard, Tigard. Whatever goes down over there, that's where it's at in Oregon. (laughs) So it's a full service wig salon, but they also have a recycling program for wigs and synthetic hair. That would happen in Oregon. It really would. That would would be the place. It would. (laughs) Where they would. It would. But if you out there, you could show up there with your wig and they will do stuff, do whatever you need. Like, oh, this, this, I have this ratty wig. Can you fix it for me or whatever? Yeah, they will take Mm -hmm. care of your wig for you. You pay for that shit. You take it home, whatever. What they also do, they also have a wig recycling program. So it's a recycling program for wigs and synthetic hair. Now, I'm a black girl, right? From Mm -hmm. what it looked like, 
these look like not black girl things, right? So I hit them up because what I have, in addition to my black girl wigs in here, I am going to get my hair braided. And I would like to, when I mm-hmm. take it out, I would like to be able to recycle that too, right? Because what they mm-hmm. do, they recycle wig synthetic hair. They will take a wig and they will refurbish it or freshen it up or whatever they have to do and then donate it to women's shelters, oncology centers, dress for success, LGBTQIA resource centers, and stylists, like any stylist who donates their time or whatever skills, like whether they need a Mm -hmm. wig to practice on or have, whatever the fucking case. But some people will donate their wigs and they're not, they're just, they're on their last leg. They can't be refurbished or whatever. It's like, ma'am, this has three strands. I can't do anything (laughs) with this, right? Mm -hmm. I've also seen from the website, it looks like they might take hair from this, a piece of hair from here and put, they make, shit happen in there right so you never know you might have a ratty ass wig and they take some tracks out of that wig and put it in another wig and do something else you never know but if the shit is garbage they will Mm -hmm. recycle it they will send it to TerraCycle for you yes so i hit them up because again i'm a black girl a lot of my synthetic hair is from braided hair from me taking out an install and now all the hair is on the floor And I'm having guilt. What do I do with this hair? So I emailed them and I was like, do you take synthetic like braiding hair? Like when I take my braids out, da 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 da. And they was like, yeah, send it. We will send, yeah, send your wigs, send whatever. We will recycle it. So I'm going to put the link to the website in the show notes. They gave me an address. The address is not publicly listed on the website for recycle. What I would do Mm -hmm. is there's a contact page for making wig donations or whatever. Hit them up. Let them know what you're trying to send, what you're trying to do or whatever. Gather your shit and send that shit. So I am mad excited. I'm about to send. I I have hair to send Yes, too. yes. I am about to send my stuff. So, oh, so what they do, the other piece of this. So they send the hair that's going for recycle to TerraCycle, right? The thing with TerraCycle, why you or me, because I also was like, well, can I just send my shit to TerraCycle? That's like for companies. That's like for businesses. That's They pick shit up in bulk. You and me is mm-hmm. not having, but we could sh- we could actually possibly save our hair from it the is, year. It is possible. Yeah, if we collected yeah. our hair from the year, we could probably do a, a bulk fucking TerraCycle shipment or whatever. But when places who are, you know, working with synthetic hair, human hair, whatever, like when they're doing this on the regular, they're going to have things that they need to send out anyway. Garbage they need to recycle and send anyway. So they... Yeah send it for you so i think that this is an amazing service i think that if you know that this you are really good. yeah i'm gonna i think also i'm gonna send hair and possibly donate if i can because mm-hmm. i think that's an awesome thing that like i'm able to send shit here to you yeah i have to, I have to and if it's stuff that you can't use that you'll actually send this shit to TerraCycle for me that's like a let me break you off a little something for this. Now right. you don't have to try to bamboozle the sanitation work. Right. Anymore. And you know it was just going straight in the trash. It was just for my conscience. He was like, I'm not TerraCycle. <laughs> <laughs> not doing this anymore. I'm sick of it. <sighs> so that's one thing. And the last place is actually a black-owned place. That option is called Rebundle, and that's rebundle.co. And they sell plant-based braiding hair that you can actually put into compost. So if you want to fucking cut the cord from synthetic braiding hair from the beginning, their hair is plant-based. 
Um, it's non-toxic, mm-hmm. it's biodegradable, and it's made with only safe ingredients. So they also have a recycle program. I emailed them as well. It's currently on pause while they streamline and figure out, you know, how to do things a different kind mm-hmm. of way. But you can, if you are interested and curious about buying plant-based braiding hair, you can do that there. And that is fucking rebundle.co. I am mad hype. This is really cool. I am mad hype, yo. Because they really try to make it seem like we destroyed the whole Yes, planet. they really did. It was like a whole thing. Because we got to do We got to figure out what to do with our hair. The synthetic hair. Anything that we find mm-hmm. joy in, that's like... No, they're turning, yeah, yeah. they're turning this hair. So TerraCycle will turn it into, what is it? Polymer pellets, what they use in fucking weighted blankets. It's all type of uses for mm-hmm. that shit. Okay? Recycle. We about to be recycling. And y'all thought, see, y'all thought nothing good was going to come out of 2021, yo. Except for y'all that had babies. God bless. But every, <laughs> the rest of us thought nothing good was going to come nah, out that's this look, year, yo. This year hasn't been too great. Hasn't. This. This is the this good This is vibe. it right here. This is it. I'm about to recycle so much hair. So I feel, I feel good. Feel excited. Shit, you and me could coordinate. You know what I'm saying? We don't gotta be sending (laughs) hair all separate, all piecemeal. All separate. We can save one postage and shit. Gather our hair together. Uh, Fucking send out hair once a month. Dream come true. So I feel like we ended on a on a happy, positive, black ass note. It felt better felt better to end here it did i feel good good idea i feel good i feel good about it i think we did a motherfucking show thank you all so much for listening thank you for sharing space with us if you have thoughts on anything we said here today you can always hit us up via t-mail let us know how you feel about some of what we had to say about the kyle rittenhouse acquittal uh let us know how you feel about fucking recycling synthetic hair and wigs like are you recycling or if you got another connect you know we can add another to the we list can do let this. us know you might have another connect Let's fucking do we gotta this. share it to all you know all the black let us know let us know okay if you are you know, you're a masculine person. If you're a man and you've been getting the, you know, the spray on you know, slash glue slash what they call it, uh, uh no, nah, that's not how they call it, a benje. Uh, it's a word for when they put the glue. Yo, whatever it is, put that shit in some fucking tissue paper, send it, <laughs> recycle it, okay? Recycle, recycle, recycle. That's what we're gonna you do. You can do it too. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. You can do it too. Be sure to follow us on all the social medias. We are on Twitter and Instagram at T with QJ. We are on Facebook and Tumblr at T with Queen and J. We're on TikTok at T with QJ. Mm-hmm. That's what all the things, right? Check out our website. Ticking and talking. Um, talking and ticking. Okay. Yeah. Tweet twatting. <laughs> <laughs> you can check out our website, T with Queen and J.com. You can, again, as always, send us your T mail at T with Queen and J at gmail.com. Oh, again, we are also, like we mentioned on the last episode, we are going to be talking about the series Love Life on HBO season two. So if that's something that you have been planning on watching and you want to watch it before we spoil, it please do that it is on hbo max mm-hmm. yes this podcast was created hosted and produced by a black girl named janicia a black girl named naima with editorial support from a black girl named candace with production and social media support from a black girl named chanel and graphic design from a black girl named joe tea with queen and jay we turn up responsibly and Jonathan. Can I just say, Jonathan, can I just say this? You look really good on that horse. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Really good on the horse. You're firing on the horse. You're jumping on the horse. You look really good on the horse. Do you do you actually know how to ride? You just said you're you're from Texas. Do you know how to ride? Because you sure look like you knew exactly what you were doing. Uh, thank you. And uh, I can. I can ride a horse. Psst. What? Are y'all still here? Did you listen all the way to the end of the episode? Oh, shit. oh wow. Okay, real quick. We're, real, real quick. One. Just for you. Just for you. We want to send mm-hmm. out Happy New Year's cards. Now, maybe we yes. said we were going to do this in 2018. Maybe we did. I don't know. I don't remember. Okay? But we have a Google form in the show notes. We want you to please yes. put your address in there so we can send you a Happy New Year's card. Now, we promise it's not going to be a complete and utter waste of paper. We just talked about recycling. It's, it's going to be a very cute. We are very so excited about it and we want to send it we to you. Are. So if you're down with that, fill out the form in the show notes, the contact form with your address so that we can send you a Happy New Year's yeah. card. card. Please, we want to do that. Thank you so much for listening. Peace out. Okay, bye.